Hi everyone, welcome to 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One, the podcast that solves your freelance problems one at a time. My name's Michelle Pratt, I run a personal development training and coaching business called Dive Deeper Development. And my name's Katie Carlisle and I run a Squarespace web design and training business called The Wheel Exists. And today we're going to talk about playing to strengths. Now we all have tasks that we really hate uh, and that we don't enjoy that just drain the life out of us. But we also have things that we really, really enjoy. And one of the things we're going to discuss today is can you just do the stuff that you like, right? I mean, do you have to do the things that you don't like? Well, society would tell you you just have to suck it up and life is hard and and you have to just do, we all have to do things we don't like. But what if we could just play to our strengths and operate in a space where we're, we're happy, we're engaged in doing things that we're at our best? So that's what we're going to talk about today, the, the, the ability and the joy, of course, of playing to strengths. Now, there are many things for us to focus on, as we covered in our episode about too many hats and all the roles we play. And if we focus on them all, we might do them okay. But what if we really put our focus into just the stuff that we enjoy and do best? Um, so that's what strengths is really all about. So a lot of people, when I talk about strengths, uh, and just to give you a bit of a background, strength philosophy is like a really popular topic topic in uh, positive psychology right now and we're not doing it to be hip and trendy but because I do think uh, there's really something to this I think that we all came into self-employment or freelancing I I hope for a lot of us to do something that we're really good at and most of us thought about just doing the doings okay I don't know if that's true of you was anything particularly driving you to go into self-employment um Actually, I'm going to totally like ruin your point now. I know. <laughs> I actually wanted to go into self-employment to be self-employed. Yeah, okay. Like, I specifically wanted to be my own boss and have a go at just creating something that I built myself from the ground up. And actually, um, I was kind of going to do a very similar thing to what I've been doing in my job, but offer it to lots of other people as a consultancy type option. So, like, helping with website, uploading blog posts, updating websites, adding new email users, anything to do with kind of tech systems, auditing their systems, making sure they're using the software that was the most cost effective and the most appropriate for them. So, you know, not just using a, a, a one licensed desktop computer program when most of the staff work remotely, for example, um, which has happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was what I was going to do. And then the, the Squarespace stuff kind of happened by accident. And I was never, I never thought of myself as self as a web designer. I'd made websites, but I'd never thought of myself as a web designer. Um, I'd done training in the past, but, um, you know, I used to be a teacher, but I never, the training element came a bit later. So actually I, it, it was, I suppose it played to my strength of independence. I was about to say that, because when you were just describing all that, you kind of came alive. You were kind of really animated. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that that being in control, that creativity, actually, yeah. that ability to do stuff, all things tech. Um, yeah, really things that you seem quite motivated or en- engaged by. I know that when I came into to being a freelancer, I wanted to do work on training projects um, and deliver training courses that I genuinely believed in and I genuinely thought uh, were helpful to people and it just scratched the surface. They absolutely helped people change behaviour and make their working lives easier and I just wanted to focus on that. I think most of us, whether it's from Katie's point of view, an environment or the way we want to go about our work, 
or the actual work that we do, we want to be able to choose our clients, choose the nature of the work and deliver something quality. We came into it for a reason. And the idea is that if we play to our strengths, we can create a space where we just simply focus in on the stuff that really works for us. And that's when we're at our best. So if you've got Katie in the situation where she's dealing with tech things, solving problems, um, and she gets to be creative in the driving seat, you're going to get her at her best. When I really believe in something or I'm doing something quality and I'm solving a problem, that's when I'm going to be at my best. So what what are the advantages then of playing to our strengths versus what people maybe tend to do just by default or out of habit or because that's what the way the world is set up? Yeah, I think the thing is we go into to, to, to what we do with these ideas of that, oh, we'll spend all day doing the thing that we like. And of course, we end up getting sucked into a lot of other stuff. Or sometimes we end up taking work because it pays the bills or because we feel like we ought to. Um, the reason why we should play to, to strengths is let's look at the opposite to begin with. So if we if we end up doing stuff that drains us, that we're not really engaged in and that we're not really uh, doing things that we're good at or motivated by, the problem is we start to, um, it feels quite draining first and foremost. Um, it also feels quite frustrating to have to do it. So I, I, I use the example of me in bookkeeping. I mentioned this on a few of the podcasts, anything detailed or data entry or proofreading or numbers, I can do it, but it just feels frustrating and boring so it feels hard it takes a long time I suck at it I then start to notice what I'm not good at I then start to get annoyed at myself for making mistakes and then you kind of triggers your threat response and you start to feel under threat or under pressure and you're much more likely in that state to uh, compare yourself to others who are probably doing a good job and we've talked about the comparison trap Tra- episode yeah we six I think it was where we talked about that and so we know that that's something that freelancers in particular are quite susceptible to yeah we, we think oh they're doing brilliantly why aren't i so we're much more likely to go into that mindset and therefore you feel like we need to compete with each other as well but you also get a lot of negative emotions you feel frustration annoyance a bit of fear a bit of insecurity and all of that makes you feel quite powerless and a bit unmotivated perhaps out of control like you can't control things you're not on top of it like you are with other stuff and of course drudgery i think is the other one as well on the other hand if we play to strengths and we focus on the things we're good at it feels good which is quite nice so we you're going to be much more motivated when you're doing the things that you enjoy and you're good at but also you should it's energizing as well so i don't know if you've noticed this katie when you're doing something which feels like a bit of a chore time passes really slowly and it's clock watching aren't you a lot of the time exactly but then you're at a task which you really enjoy you feel quite buzzed even though it can be quite hard work yeah definitely i think if if you're if you're enjoying it then then you kind of you know it's that that state of flow that people talk about yes and, and where you just kind of everything's just working as it should and you kind of get through and you almost kind of you put your head down and then you look up and you're like oh four hours has passed and yet i don't feel like that was a burden at all it's great i mean the example i use there is like um parents with children i'm sure changing nappies and clearing up after children is a horrible chore but actually parents have this uncanny ability to to deal with all that stuff Um, and it's hard work but ultimately they'll say it's rewarding some parents will say it's horrible and they'd rather just (laughs) have kids but you kind of get my drift 
So when we're in that place, we're energized, we're motivated, and Katie described that state of flow, taking me back to our motivation episode where I tried to pronounce Mihai Chiksen Mihai, <laughs> uh, however that's spelled. Um, that's we get into we we get into this collaboration mindset. We start to spot opportunities. So instead of getting down and into the detail of feeling uh, frustrated, we start to look up and out. We lift our heads. We feel in control. We feel confident, and we're more uh, likely to spot opportunities and collaborate with other people. And so the theory goes that if we can spend more of this time playing to our strengths and doing what energizes us and what uh, feels good, then uh, you're going to get much more mileage out of that than you are from focusing on fixing your weaknesses or spending your time trying to get good at the stuff that we just don't do so well. So would you say it's more worthwhile developing, if you're going to develop something, it's more worthwhile taking your strengths and developing them further as opposed to trying to develop your weaknesses. Yeah, that, okay, that's what I was trying to say, but you said it better. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. There, there was, there's this Tiger Woods story way, way back. I mean, before he turned into the kind of the train wreck, although recently he won the Masters, so he's now back on his upward tra- trajectory. But many, many years ago, Tiger Woods, um, he um, was looking to improve his game and he was looking to improve his bunker play. And he was losing maybe two or three shots at the bunkers, whereas his opponents were getting out of the bunker in one shot. The thing is, his um, fairway play was so good that if he focused on that, he could be three, four shots ahead of them by playing, uh, focusing on his fairway play. So what he did was he developed his bunker shots to the point where he could get within one shot of his opponents. So he was still getting out, you know, a shot behind them, but then he focused the lion's share of his time uh, on his fairway and his driving and actually that allowed him to stay three or four shots ahead so if you think about the net game yeah. he got more out of doing what he does best rather than trying to focus on where he's behind and I think in sport that's very tangible you go well I'm weak at this I'll work on that but actually in business too in our personal development so actually if there's something that's a weakness that's really getting in the way of your business it's still worth doing something about that absolutely so like or you know or finding ways to kind of address that weakness so like if you're not great at spelling or grammar then using a spell check or using something like Grammarly to check the stuff you're sending out is a way to kind of get that weakness up to the basic level that you need it to be at but then you can focus on your actual strengths exactly it's never going to be word perfect so if you uh, that's the way to do it absolutely and you're never going to get as much mileage out of developing something you're not so good at as you are at doing something really really well um so that's that's kind of uh, and i suppose when we talk about weaknesses and developing stuff to strengths we're talking about weaknesses as in the stuff that you just you don't like doing you don't want to get better at even if you feel like you should get better at it and you don't enjoy it as opposed to learning a new skill that you do enjoy but you're just not very you haven't put in the hours to get to be like an, an expert at that skill yeah absolutely i mean like i, I mentioned bookkeeping I, I could do that i mean i'm i'm numerate i got like an a at gcse maths I can do it. I can do my tax return. The software out there to help me do it. You mentioned um, tax, simple tax or yeah. something like that. I, I, I can do it, but I don't enjoy it. Um, it would feel awful, like pulling teeth to make me do it. I'd get tired. I'd get frustrated. I would know that even if I spent a day, two days checking, rechecking, I'm still going to make mistakes no matter how, how hard I try. Of course, if you run a business, you have to be able to look at numbers. I used to work in banking as well. <laughs> um, so I can do it enough that I've got my bases covered. But beyond that, I'm quite happy to, to give it to someone else or to or to automate it because it's just never going to be the area. That, and, and how much value does it add to my business? It needs to get off the desk. It's not the thing 
that's going to get me lots of customers. Yes. So really, should I, how much time do I put there is the question. And I think sometimes people almost have a kind of sunk cost fallacy type approach. So if you, if you haven't heard that term before, I came across it relatively recently and I was like, oh yeah, I like that. Um, so it's basically the idea that you've, you've thrown so much money and or time um, at a problem that even though it hasn't solved the problem yet, you feel like you have to keep going because you've put so much time or effort into it. And so I think that's sometimes, I think with people, when, when they're talking about their weaknesses, if they've, been, if they've been spending a long time focusing on the weaknesses and spending money to try and improve the weaknesses and spending time, I think it's, it's probably gonna be quite hard for them to then go, okay, I'm gonna just leave that now at the level that it is, even though they spent that much time and money on it. Yeah. Is there anything mindset-wise that can help with that? I think I think it's quite hard because it's just driven in from society, isn't it? You know, if you're at school, you might have had a parent that if you got eight out of ten in the test, they go, "What happened to the two? Yeah. Because actually, you were doing something really right for the eight. And I think a little bit of it is about where you put your your focus. Um, so, are you focusing on what you can't do or what you haven't got? And actually, part of the strength philosophy is to focus. Well, what can I do, and what do, what really works for me? What am I doing well? And I think it's just switching that focus. So, if you were to sit down and ask most people. Give me a list of your weaknesses. Most people would come up with a massive list, wouldn't they? They'd be like, blah, 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 I'm rubbish at this, I'm rubbish at this, I'm rubbish at that. If you sat down with someone and said, now tell me your strengths, what you're good at, a lot of people get really coy. They're just not used to doing it, you know, and um, and then really struggle to tell people what their strengths are, which is yeah. really interesting. I think that's quite a British thing as well. I think, especially, we know, we're like, oh, no, I couldn't possibly brag. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you were saying, actually, we were chatting about this earlier, that other people sometimes might be better at knowing our strengths than us. Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, like, I know you see things in me that I don't see in myself quite a lot of the time. And I think that's probably the case, especially if we're feeling a bit down about ourselves. And it does sometimes take someone else to go, yeah, but do you remember that time you did that thing? That was awesome. And you go, I guess I was quite good at that at that point. Yeah. And it, But sometimes you sort of downplay those things in your mind, even to the point where you forget you achieved them. Uh, and so I think it is sometimes worth asking other people. But I think one of the things that you mentioned earlier as well is actually sometimes people get it wrong yeah. in terms of what your strengths are. <laughs> Or they conveniently see what they want to see. I go into businesses and when I have when I talk to people about strengths in businesses, I, I ask people um, what your strengths and they tend to say, oh, it's what I'm good at. And uh, maybe the person's good at managing a database. And it's not really that that's the strength. It's just that no one else wanted to do the task. And so they spent so much time mastering the software or doing this database that they are now the database person and they think it's their strength. And it's really not. It's not that they have any passion or any talent for it at all. They've just become that person. And so understanding your strengths and where you can really bring them to life and where you're at your best is really important thing to think about because if you don't um, think about your strengths and create an opportunity to play in that space someone else will come along and tell you what your strengths are chances <laughs> are it's going to work to their agenda and so actually what you're saying is really interesting so it's not your competency that de- that determines your strengths no it's, it's actually what you're what you enjoy and what gets you into that state of feeling really good and everything and yeah. I mean I know I used to say that I, I've you know, when I've worked for charities and small businesses where a lot of the time everyone is wearing a lot of hats, like we talked about. Yeah. You know, it's, not, it's not just the freelancing world. Um, and and I, I used to have to say to my boss all the time, like, 
just because I can doesn't mean I should or I want to. <laughs> yeah, just because I can doesn't mean I should. That was like the story of my life when I worked for a large company. I remember um, we did this exercise in the training session and I was a delegate and we had this thing where you've got these personality profiles, you know, you've got the different colors. And we had this thing where you had seven cards and you kept three or four for yourself. And then you give, you had to give the three or four away to other people. And they all had tasks or personal qualities on like, oh, you're really good at building relationships or you're really good at getting data accurate. And I kept in my, in my hand um, three reds and a yellow, which was kind of like direct, big picture, sociable, uh, pacey, uh, get the job done. And then I had to give away the rest. So I'd give them to different people. And then other people gave their cards to me. And in my right hand, I had the cards from other people and they were all blue. And they were, you know, details, small picture, slow, reflective, data financials. Literally the opposite. Literally the opposite. <laughs> and I turned around to the facilitator and I said, this isn't me. These aren't my strengths. I'm not good at these. This is the stuff I do because no one else in my team will touch it. And I know if it doesn't get done, the wheels are going to come off. And people give it to me because I get it done, but it's not me. Whereas this stuff in my other hands, that's what I'm all about. And this is the problem. Sometimes we can get pigeonholed or we just end up meandering into a path. We end up doing tasks because we're good at them, but they bring us no joy. We don't really have any aptitude for them either. And that can very, very quickly go downhill to feeling bored, fed up, frustrated. Uh, dissatisfied and of course our productivity our creativity our ingenuity and sometimes our earning potential can yeah. really go downhill as a result yeah you know when I first started out freelancing I I wasn't focused solely on Squarespace so I was doing WordPress sites and doing the old Shopify site as well and I just really didn't enjoy doing the WordPress sites you know WordPress is a great tool for a lot of people it just wasn't for me like Squarespace made sense to my brain and WordPress just was a pain for me. And so I'd always leave that till the last minute as well. And I knew that my delivery wasn't as good. And I did feel like I wasn't delivering. I felt like I was almost had a two tier service whereas the Squarespace clients were getting the best of me and the WordPress clients were just getting a substandard version of me because I wasn't really fully bought into it. I was finding it quite difficult. I didn't enjoy it and it just, it just didn't play to my strengths. And so actually there's a reputational risk there. if you know if I am doing a bad job then that is a risk to my business if people are then rather than recommending me actually saying actually don't use this person because she's no good well she's all right she's all right yeah yeah I would never have let anyone down completely but I know that I didn't do as good a service as I did to the people with Squarespace and so recognizing that and recognizing the risk that that had to my business was what made me to then decide right I'm just going to focus on Squarespace yeah and it went so much better as soon as I'd made that decision you just go straight on that upward trajectory, don't you? But also, okay, that must feel pretty awful. Like, I mean, probably your clients didn't even notice the difference. But no, for you, that must have felt pretty Yeah, bad. and actually, I think sometimes the bar is set very low, and so people will quite happily accept <laughs> what I would consider substandard work. Um, but that, that didn't excuse it to myself, because I knew that I could have done better. So I think, you know, more than, yeah, more than the client experience, it's how I, how I experience it for myself. And, you know... I hate the idea of letting someone down or not doing a good enough job. That's not why I went into business. I went into business literally the opposite reason because I could see that people were just having, you know, being taken advantage of by unscrupulous large agencies that were charging them through the roof for stuff that they didn't need and they didn't even ask for, but they were being upsold to and because they didn't know any better, they were going ahead with it. And then they were getting a product that they didn't even want at the end of it that didn't fit their actual needs because no one was listening to them yeah. and so that was you know that was literally my 
philosophy and so then to feel like I wasn't actually doing that that kind of service that I wanted to offer is then really demoralizing for me as a business as well and really kind of like you know yeah it made me feel a bit flat I suppose is probably the best word to talk about it yeah and then you're zest for life you're zest you're in motivation to do the work and it just took longer as well so then I had less time so I was earning less money and it just yeah it was just it just wasn't enjoyable and you know there's been a few things since then that you think you know I've learned my lesson from that but I you know I we've talked about saying no in previous episodes and I'm I am inherently a people pleaser and so if I've got a good relationship with a client and they ask me to help out with something that isn't kind of in my in, in my kind of you know square space domain then I'll generally say oh yeah okay let me have a look and see if I can fix that for you I've stopped doing that now because I actually like lost a whole Sunday once trying to help a client out fixing her email setup, which I'd not, I'd, I'd, I'd set some of it up, but I'd not set up, it was on her computer, so I'd like remotely logged in and stuff. And she's a lovely client, we get on really well, but I literally was like, why am I even doing this? This is not my area of expertise. And I ended up not being able to fix the problem, possibly making it worse. And then kind of going, oh, yeah, sorry, I kind of have to stop now before I make it even worse. Yeah. And that I felt awful because, you know, I want to fix problems and that is one of my strengths. But recognising the constraints in which that strength applies. And I think that was really interesting for me to think, oh, right, OK, so actually I might have a strength, but that doesn't mean I should apply it to all situations. Yeah, I mean, any strength overdone becomes a weakness. So, so you talk about being people pleaser. I think we've talked on the previous podcast that's one of your greatest strengths your connection with people is what makes uh, your business great makes you great but of course when we do it a little bit too much that's when we get into hot water as well so like you say it's knowing when we're playing in the space where we're at our best and when we're maybe making our life a little bit more difficult now all of that begs the question what is uh, a strength so a strength uh, we talked about it not being something you're good at because of course you the 10,000 hour theory if you do anything often enough you can get good at it um, but actually that doesn't make it a strength so when we're using the word strength what we mean is something that really energizes you it should be stuff that you are naturally drawn to so you should be na- you should you should enjoy it you should like doing it it should be something that you can pick up pretty quickly as well um, so that you can learn learn really easily and um, it, yeah it should be something that's just inherently engaging so you're in that state of flow that Katie talked about anything where you find yourself in the zone you enjoy it you like it you can pick it up really quickly it comes naturally to you that is what a strength is and that's what we mean when we say a strength so uh, yes when my colleagues were giving me those blue cards um, I was good at all that stuff and I had a conversation with a manager when I was employed um, I had a management role so you had to manage people I had to manage processes I had to do my project work and I was saying to him but I can do all of this stuff and he went yeah but these are the bits the design and delivery of the training that's the bit you're really good at he said why don't we move you to a role where you get to do that every day because then we get the very best of you every single day and you love every single day and it was like don't want to let go of that other stuff but yeah you're right if I could just do that stuff all day every day and once you had moved to that and got rid of the stuff did you miss it um, a little bit, but no, not that, not not over, over time. And the thing is that my profile raised, I did better work. I'm actually sat where I'm sat now. I wouldn't have been, been had we never had that conversation. My earning went up by thousands of pounds more. And yeah, just a lot happier for it as well. So everything, like you said earlier, as soon as you made that switch, an upward trajectory. Yeah, and actually when you're in the employment, if you're lucky, you have a manager like yours who was able to say, 
actually I can see your strengths. You've told me what you what you know your strengths are. Let's work out how to make sure that doing that for you and I was in a similar fortunate position where my my former boss you know after a year where I was doing mainly um project management type work which I was good at um but I wanted to move more into the tech side of it she said yeah let's redefine your job role and she let me be really creative with it which was amazing and again that helped me to get to where I am it's true I mean it took months to do in my case it was I had to wait a while things had to change but we got there eventually. But it started with that conversation, that recognition. And I think one of the things um, I think as business owners we can do is actually to have that conversation with ourselves. Exactly, that's what I was about to say, <laughs> yeah. that we don't have anybody that's going to point it out for us necessarily. So. No, but we can we can kind of work out for ourselves. So think about things that you like doing, think about things that you're just naturally drawn to, and think about the stuff that you learn or pick up really quickly. And you'll know this because you know Kate described that, described that state of flow. You'll just feel energized. You'll be you'll get more animated. You're happier. You're smiling. Everything just comes that much easier. Um, so yeah, ab- absolutely. I think that to find that space. So the good question for you, if you're listening, is what are your strengths? First of all, I mean the, your natural ones, not just what you're good at, but where are you in the zone? Where are you at your best? But also, how can you create more time and space to do that stuff? because that's where your success is coming from and that's what's going to take you to the next level. And so, Michelle, what would you say your strengths were then? Let's let, well, let's talk about what we think our own strengths are to give people some examples is what we were talking about. Okay, you, said, think, you mentioned yours briefly earlier, but... I mean, I think... What, what do I think your strengths no, are? No, no, what do you think yours are? Yeah. Um, I, I think developing other people, obviously, comes into what I do, but yeah, that's one of the things that I can do really well. Um, I'd actually done a, I do a, use a strengths tool, so I did a strength scope profile. It said one of mine was um, self-improvement or self-development. And for the longest time, I didn't know how that was a strength for other people. Like, that is better for me, but how does how is that a strength I can use to help others? And then when I stopped, got to thinking about it, I thought, hang on a minute, actually, that is what I do for a living. Yeah. So that allows me to... <laughs> I know for it. a fact that stuff that you have learned during your self-development stuff, development stuff has helped me so yes (laughs) so there was that which I didn't really recognize so I think that's one um I I think a couple of us I think I'm really good at optimism I'm quite good at you know just going with the flow and then finding the positives of the solutions of the situation and napping I can nap anywhere anytime so yeah I don't know how I've used that for business purposes (laughs) (laughs) well I'm amazing at sleeping so actually yeah that is like but not in a napping if I nap I'm ruined so but I'm I'm really good at sleeping so I have to distill how I do it and then work it out yeah (laughs) what about you um I think mine would be I think determination slash stubbornness so I don't like things to beat me and especially technology so I think the the reason I got into technology stuff was because I was willing to stick at it for longer to work out how to make it work and like way past the point where most normal humans would have given up and just gone no it's broken I'm like no it's not broken it just hasn't been fixed yet and I'm not a relentless optimist necessarily but but when it comes to tech stuff I think I am um, so I'm just like, no, that, that can happen. So I think the, that determination slash stubbornness, or maybe com- competitiveness with machines. <laughs> Which are the Terminator movies come true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm sorted. Um, I think probably being quite proactive. So again, that, that taking that, you know, setting, setting up initiatives, um, creating new projects, working on new ideas, but also just in terms of how I, you know, how I deal with clients and stuff as well. I, I like feeling ahead of the game I like planning I like anticipating what's going to happen and and I think that's probably why I like planning is because it enables me to work on that 
kind of proactivity strength um and then I think just like I don't know if this is a strength but just like being a human like just being really myself and being a bit daft and silly but like I think that is one of my strengths is that I'm not ashamed to be who I am like my dad always like says to me in a way that I'm never 100% sure if it's a compliment or not he's like you always know exactly who you are as a person and you aren't afraid of being that person and I think he's proud of me even if he doesn't agree with all of my choices um but I think yeah that sort of willingness to be myself yeah I think that human aspect like you say you you write as you speak so actually that makes you communicate particularly around tech stuff really clear to other people when other people might be quite intimidating with the jargon yeah so definite strengths and as you can probably hear from us describing this all of these things we've described of course if we do them too often or use them in the wrong context could be weaknesses too and also spotting I'm really good at spotting things yeah you are really good at like both like I guess attention to detail would probably be the strength as it would be commonly known. Yeah. So like I'm good at proofreading and just finding little, yeah, any little mistakes or stuff. But like if someone has lost something, I'm generally the one that finds it. Oh, okay. So yeah. like, like, and, and if, if we're looking for something, if we're out and about and we're looking for like a road sign or people always say, how do you know where we're going before we actually get there? I'm like, I don't. I just see the signs earlier than you because I spot them. And so yeah, spotting. Yeah, and that's good because all the things you mentioned there are actual qualities as opposed to tasks. So some people might say, I don't know, spreadsheets or, uh, you know, typing or whatever. These are kind of skills. We're talking about natural qualities that come to people. Um, so that's what we're talking about. So what do we do then? I guess, so we've got our, you've got your strengths and, and we're kind of like, yeah, you've got these, cool. Yes, do more of those. Yeah, but then like there were still, like we talked about in the Hats episode, like there's still for one of our word, crappy tasks that still need doing. Yeah. So what what do we do? So, yeah, I mean, look, I think one of the questions we ask ourselves is how do we leverage our strength? How do we do more of it? Because there's an opportunity cost, take, Katie talked about earlier, that if we spend time on stuff that's kind of okay or not bad at, then there's an opportunity cost for, you know, not doing the stuff we're good at. Of course, yes, there's still stuff that we don't like doing that needs needs getting done. And um, there's a number of things we can do. I think one of the things you can do is use your strengths uh, to mitigate um, the stuff that you're not so good at. So I was um, coaching a manager who um, had lots of work to do, was working out how to do it, and she'd taken on a lot of this herself. But actually one of the things that came out of our conversation was she's really good at relationships and developing other people so then the conversation turned to how can you use your relationships to get stuff done so you need to do this stuff but it doesn't have to be you that does it and you're really good at connecting with people getting people on board but also giving people these tasks as development opportunities how can you use that strength to overcome this problem and that was one way she did it i mean i mentioned um how can i use self-improvement to help people i would tell you that i'm not so great at marketing marketing needs doing well actually when i've started to share or role model my my, my improvement i do a book blog i do uh, posts i do th- these other things they are become marketing activities so actually i can take that strength and, and make it something that will mitigate my weaknesses if yeah it comes. well it's funny actually because when i um I think some of it's about perception as well. So when I first started out, I've probably mentioned this before in the podcast, but um, I, you know, I was I was very much self-taught. I was I, I I knew my way around Squarespace very well, but I didn't know any custom code stuff or anything like that. And so I was constantly terrified that someone would ask me for something that required some kind of custom code, and I would be like, oh no, I'm going to have to confess to the fact that I'm not a real web developer. And you know, going back to that imposter syndrome stuff. 
Um, and so I lived in fear for like at least the first six months to a year that I'd be found out as not a real developer. Even though the worst case scenario would have been I could have just paid someone to do that yeah, work for me. It, yeah. like, it would have been fine. Um, but then after a little while, I started to realise that actually the clients I'm working with, what they're, what they're wanting is not somebody who can do the customizations. It's somebody who can help them to have a site that they can manage and update themselves and it's easier with less customization so they didn't care at all about whether i could do the custom code because what they wanted was something that they could then manage themselves and if i'd have added too much custom code in that would have prevented them from doing it and so i actually then switched it from a weakness to a strength in terms of how i talked about it so it was okay well actually i don't use much custom code because it's easier for you to update and it's not my, you know, and I was almost, you know, that's not my focus and, and just did it as that rather than it being a weakness yeah. and started actually using it as a selling point. I think I see it. There's a good example of using your strength, taking it and making that your selling point as opposed to a classic example of not focusing on what you haven't got. Yes. Exactly. And I think you mentioned in another podcast about the fact that I think you mentioned before your first client or not how many clients before and actually you're saying to someone, actually, this is my strength because you're my only client or my yeah, first client yeah, therefore for, I would treat you like royalty yeah, yeah I think that's a real opportunity for if, if you know yeah if you've not got any other clients you're like I am going to be so dedicated to you like exactly yeah with um I was with I think it's probably with my business I run with mother half where we'd we'd just set up a business he'd literally left his job on the Thursday and um well he'd had his notice and it was a three-month notice period and one of my clients emailed me to say do you know any developers I'm looking for someone to make an app but I've got a really short um, turnaround time and I'm struggling to find anyone that can do it and I was like yes because we don't have any clients we can fit you in and so he literally finished his job on the Thursday and went straight into work for this client work on the Friday because we already had it lined up yeah. from the fact that we didn't have clients. Like you say, that's that spotting thing, that opportunity mindset that comes when you focus on what you can do and what you're good at, yes. as opposed to what you're not. And that's just that change in emotion, that change in focus. We talked about how do you how do you do it? Actually, putting your focus to one over the other, it just changes the way you feel, and then that just changes the way you you respond. Other things you can do, Kate. Yeah, you were talking about how how do we get those rubbishy or crappy tasks done? You can use someone else's strength. So does it have to be you that does it? So um, is it a development? Tutor? for someone else could it be delegated to someone could you collaborate could you do a kind of exchange of uh, you know um sharing of roles so if you do this for me i can do this for you so actually using someone else's strength or levering uh, leveraging those around you could be another way of doing it and what about if, if i mentioned this earlier how much do you develop your own ability to be able to like build it into a bit more of a strength can can you ever turn a weakness into a strength i don't know i think there, there is a theory that says it's about your synaptic connections in your brain and how quickly they fire off and from birth be it nature or nurture certain ones just fire off quicker than others and you've been doing that so many times over your life i think it'd be very very difficult to practice those connections so many times that they you would ever get to the same position but i think what you can do we mentioned it before you can develop your ability in a certain area or to fulfill a certain task but again only do it to the point where it doesn't hold you back a bit like tiger woods with his bunkers he did just enough to get out of the bunker within a shot of his opponents the rest of his time was focused on where he was going to get the biggest win so yeah. i think i've mentioned numbers detail i have to do a certain amount of that and so that's i that's where i focus uh, that but 
beyond that I do it I do it enough to be able to get the job done and then I focus my attention on other things I feel happier and uh, I think my clients probably benefit from from that too yeah and I think if people like most people listening they're either probably freelance or thinking about going freelance and like you said to me earlier you know we, we went freelance for a reason so if we've got something you know our skills that we can share with the world that's where we're going to get most of our motivation from so what are some just to kind of recap what are some questions then that people can ask themselves to figure out what the strengths are and what to do with them yeah i think some of the things to ask yourself is do you know what your strengths are would be my first question so you might know what you're good at but what are your strengths so what are you drawn to what do you enjoy what just comes easily what's the things you pick up by the way they may not be related to your job um i've spoken to people about this before there was a guy in one of my training sessions he was an engineer all his training in education and engineering, we found out that during the banks he was playing with a strategy game. Turns out the guy's really good at strategy. It's not something he does in his work, but he does it every spare moment in his spare time. So it might be something um, that you, you work at um, outside of work. The second question I'd probably ask myself is, are you playing to your strengths most of the time? Yes, there are all, always jobs that we have to get done, but it's really easy to get get into work that we take because we feel we ought to take the work. Or like you say, because you feel like you owe it to the client. Yeah. Are they getting the best of you? And finally, how can you create space to, to, to play to strengths more? Is the balance in your business right? You mentioned your WordPress and your Squarespace and the difference that it made when you switched from one to the other. Is there stuff in your business that is draining your time, your energy and your enthusiasm? Could it be better spent by focusing on the things that really engage, motivate you and bring you the most success too? Yeah, that's such a good point actually because like earlier in the year, like Michelle and I had a um, one of my coaching sessions and one of the things I was saying was, yeah, I, you know, I feel a bit kind of overwhelmed with stuff. I had a really busy January, which was great and I've been doing more training, which I really enjoy doing, but that was adding more time into my schedule so something had to give so then we kind of sat down and worked out and actually what I realized was yeah the thing that I was again not feeling particularly energized or inspired by was the kind of support work so rather than something that was new and creative or was you know me sharing my enthusiasm about Squarespace it was just kind of oh here's a site that someone else made can you fix this page or can you just change a few bits and that's the reason I don't do retainer work but I was still taking on those kind of support work inquiries. And so actually recognizing that that was what was taking up a lot of my time and energy, but also I wasn't enjoying it. And basically then stopping that. And it's, it's, it's hard to stop these things sometimes because you worry like, oh my God, I can't stop doing that. What will people, you know, what will the people that rely on me, what will they do? Um, you know, not to be big headed, but I think a lot of us feel that way. If we've got a good relationship with our clients, we don't want to just leave them in the lurch or anything. But actually, the funny thing was, as soon as I took it off my website, the inquiry stopped coming. Go figure. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 almost like people were reading my website and then contacted me, having read it. So I still do support for existing clients, but if I get a new inquiry through a referral, which isn't very often, I now pass that on to somebody else, which is a nice way of helping out somebody who's maybe a bit earlier on in the freelance journey and they're, they're kind of, you know, wanting to find new opportunities and I can give them to them because I've got the time yeah. to, to be able to say like, no. It's those. probably their strength too. So now they get to do the stuff that they're, they excel at. So everybody wins. Yeah. So absolutely. So Katie, we've talked about strengths uh, a lot, using them too much, not using them enough. What do we do about our weaknesses, inverted commas? Um, I, one thing, what one thing would you take away from, from our discussion today, do you think? I think just being more aware of what your strengths are and maybe, I don't know, I don't know if you'd call it an audit, but, but you know, 
every so often kind of checking in with yourself to be like, okay, what what are my feeling, my strengths, you know? Um, Michelle, do strengths evolve over time in terms of which ones sort of are your most strengthy strengths? Strengthy strength. Um, you normally have, I mean, you have, have lots of strengths and then there might be two or three which might be more prominent than yeah. the others for sure, definitely. So it's kind of checking in with yourself that you're still addressing the needs of those ones and that they're, they're kind of, they're not, you know, the, the hierarchy of them hasn't changed too much. So I think, yeah, for me, it's, it, it's that actually, you know, when we have our sessions, thinking about okay am I still playing to my strengths and even just on a regular slightly more regular basis as well checking in with myself and going okay if I'm feeling a bit meh about everything is that because I'm not making enough space for my strengths so incorporating that into it yeah it made me think about blogging as well because like I, I, I do like blogging but I don't do it very often in a so I'm, I'm trying to work out, is that a strength or a weakness? And I'm trying to work out, hmm, should I just give up and not do it? <laughs> or find a different way of doing yeah, it. Explaining and educating people or communicating with people like a human might be a strength. Yeah. Perhaps blogging is not the right medium. So yeah, I think that's, that's a distinction between the task I know. and the strength. I wish I could do it as a as a kind of solo podcast, but a lot of it can, like is formed of like links to things, which is tricky. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, maybe there's a way of me dictating it and someone transcribing it or something. Yeah. So I, I, think, I think for me, I think it is just, um, yeah, create, getting creative and creating that space to play to your strengths as well and do more of the stuff that just really works for you and you really enjoy. And so, like I say, that can involve quite a bit of creativity, but just taking that opportunity, as you say, to step back, to reflect and, and to really think on it. Uh, with a bit of creativity, even if it takes time, I think you definitely can find a way to do it. And if creativity is not one of your strengths, then maybe seek help from somebody who is creative. Yeah. And they can help you to kind of rework your schedule or ch- change your perspectives on where, you know, when you're working on what and stuff to see if that helps you with your strengths as well. Absolutely. Fab. Well, I think that's pretty much everything covered on terms of the strengths and avoiding doing the kind of annoying weaknessy tasks so if you've got any top tips for playing to your strengths or if you just want to share some of your unusual strengths with us then we'd love to hear them i'm at the wheel exists on twitter and i'm at dive deep depth dvp (laughs) and we will see you next time for another episode of 99 problems but a boss ain't one bye bye